Our lesson this evening comes from Romans chapter 1, verse 17, looking at the idea of what the Bible says about living by faith. In Romans 1, and verse 17, the Bible says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. When we think about faith, we know there are some who have a very, I think, uh, short-sighted view of faith and maybe a misunderstanding about what it means to live by faith. So as we begin this evening, I want to begin first by looking at the very definition of faith. And we think about, you know, if you were to ask someone, what is faith? There's really, to be honest, no telling what you might hear. Uh, you know, faith for some, they believe is kind of like a blind, uh, a blind leap almost. But that's not what the Bible teaches. But we want the first thing about faith as it's defined by man. And for this, I actually went to uh, the Microsoft definition or Bing.com because this is when you want to know what how man defines something, you go to a secular source, and they'll give you a good idea of how man views a lot of things. And it defines faith this way, a com- complete trust or confidence in someone or something, or a second one, strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's really how a lot of people view it. It's a blind leap without proof. Now, we would say there is more than just a little bit of proof, there's ample proof, but we think about how the world defines this and how it's the idea of this belief in God really despite there being no proof as their definition would seem to imply here, which really begs the question, is this really the faith, the faith that God or the Bible is referring to? What is it when we say we walk by faith or we live by faith? But we want to look at how faith is defined in the Bible and looking at how it's used, particularly here in Romans 1 and verse 17 with the phrase, the just shall live by faith. Now, Strong defines it this way, conviction of the truth of anything. Belief in the New Testament of a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Generally, with with the included idea of trust and holy fervor, born of faith and joined with it. Now, you look at that definition, that's not a blind leap. Talking about having a deep conviction in God and conviction, and as he says here, uh, in the divine things or things related to God, and if everything that is really joined with faith. And we think about this idea, as you find it in Romans 1 and verse 17, the just shall live by faith. Faith is faith is the evidence we have. Uh, we have evidence in the Bible, I should say, for the faith that we have in God and Christ and for salvation. For example, we drop down a few verses in Romans 1 and verse 20. The Bible says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so they are without excuse. That goes right against the definition that man supplies, the idea that you believe in God despite there being no proof. Well, the Bible would say you have no excuse for not believing in God because there is ample proof. 
Think about this for a second. For since he creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Invisible, yet clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, that is being understood by the creation that we see around us, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. That would seem to tell us that there is more than enough reason to believe in God and know who he is, and there is no excuse to not have a faith in God. What does it mean to live by faith? When we say live by faith, we're not talking about this idea that we trust God and we just, you know, hope things work out. That's not what the Bible teaches. Trust and faith is one of the first things I can think about when I think about what it means to live by faith or to walk by faith. It's trust and faith do go hand in hand. Again, this is where some would say, well, you're talking about that blind, trusting faith. No, we're talking about faith that we have in God based upon the evidence we see from the Bible and from all around us. We saw back in Romans 1 and verse 20. Faith is a verb. It is an action, a continual action. It's not something that we just have. It's not the idea that we just have faith that God is there. That we have faith in who God is, what He stands for, what He has done, what He has promised to do, and the evidences we see for God, and the continual evidence we see for our faith that we should have in God. Trust and faith go hand in hand. Trust is not a blind faith, and faith includes putting our trust in God and in His Word. Look at Psalm 5 and verse 11. He says, Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love you, uh, who love your name, be joyful in you. Now, if they trust in God, and notice here how he says this here in verse 11. Why? Because you defend them. A blind faith is you trust in something that's not really there. Well, this doesn't sound like that, does it? Because God is described as one who is, the, who is defending them. And they are described as those who shout for joy to Him, those who love His name. And so this is not a blind trust or a hopeful trust, but simply that God is there. No, we are those who trust in God based upon the evidence we have from His Word and from the evidence we have from all around us. Trust and faith. Next, we want to consider the idea of obedience and faith. When you think about what it means to live by faith, we have to consider not only trust and faith, but also obedience. If you have faith in God, you will not only just trust in Him, you will obey Him. In 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 and going through verse 5, he says, here, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot, who begot also, who loves him, who begot also, loves him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Obedience. 
our faith moves us to obedience. Look what he says here, going back to verse 1. Who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God? He's talking about those who believe in Christ. Not Again, not just a simple acknowledgement, but that is a firm, true belief that Christ is the Son of God. He says, is born of God, which means they are followers of Him. Everyone who loves, who loves Him, who begot, who begot also, uh, loves Him who is begotten of Him. So if you love, if you believe in Christ and follow Him and love Him, then you also, by extension, believe in God and follow and love Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. There is obedience described. Obedience based upon love that we have for God. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. What does that mean? That we are obedient. If we love God, we obey Him. And His commandments are not burdensome. They're not too much for us to do. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Referencing those who are Christians, they can overcome the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You think about this phrase, overcome the world, as a reference to us overcoming the temptation and sin and the various struggles that we face living in this world. You know, we cannot leave this world around us. We have to deal with those around us. We can't sit at home and be in our little cubicle and try to stay away from those who are non-Christians. We're not even called to do that. We're actually called to go out to the world and preach the gospel and reach out to those around us. So that would be in contradiction to it, wouldn't it? But we find here in verse 4 and 5, he says, and, that, and this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. How do we overcome those around us? When we say overcome them, we're not talking about having dominion over them. We're talking about how do we withstand the various trials that come from doing so if you're not Christian. Our faith sees us through. Our faith in God. Our faith in His Word. Our faith in the Son of God. Our faith in the promises of God. And we see those things and we can trust and have that strong faith in God based upon our trust and based upon our obedience to His Word. He says there in verse 4, This is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What's interesting, there are some today who would almost laugh at that idea that you overcome the world by your faith. Well, how else do we overcome the world? We're not talking about going out and conquering nations. We're talking about overcoming sin. We're talking about helping others see the light of Christ and come to obedience to the truth. We're talking about having others who we thought would never have a conversation about the Bible suddenly begin to want to talk about the Bible. They suddenly want to come out and begin to grow tired of their sinful routine. Our faith allows us and gives us that victory. Who is he overcomes the world but he believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Who is he overcomes the world? Who is he able to overcome wickedness and sin and the influence of the world around us? He believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That is the Christian. Our obedience to God shows our faith in Him and also gives us the victory over the world around us. Obedience is a obedience and trust are a key part to our faith. If we have faith in God, we'll trust in Him. 
Meaning we'll pray to God, we'll bring our cares, our concerns to Him, and then we'll do our best to leave those things there. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything on our part. That's not what the Bible teaches either. But we are to be those who work to solve problems while at the same time making sure that we bring those concerns to God. And when we are students of God's Word, we'll find much more easily the path that we're come, whatever it is that's coming down the line at us. We trust. We obey. The victory belongs to those who, who, have, uh, who are followers of Christ, those who believe in Christ. And by extension, if we are not those who believe in Christ as the Son of God, if we are not those who have that strong faith in God and the strong faith in Christ, are we going to be able to overcome the world? The answer has to be no. Only the Christian has the victory. We obey Him because we have faith in His love, in His mercy, His power, and His ability to provide for man. Going back to Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 31, He says here, this towards the end of this section about worry, Christ says here, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. The Gentiles there, many times in context, the Gentiles are just put for, for the unbelievers or for the world. But notice he says in verse 31, Therefore, meaning as a result of all the things he said already, therefore do not worry. Now that is much easier said than done, right? Oh, don't worry about that. You're stressing for nothing. That's easy to say. It's much more difficult to realize that and actually do it. Therefore, do not worry, he says, what we, what we shall eat, what we shall drink, or what we shall wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, now notice this, though, for your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. What sees us through, what's the point he's making in verse 33? Our faith sees us through our trust in God. And why do we trust in God? Because we are obedient to His Word. We're obedient to His Word because we know it, which causes us to have that trust and faith in God. Verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. How do we solve man's problems? With more faith in God. More faith in God is the answer. I don't care who you are and where you are in the world. Everyone has things they're worried about. You know, we sometimes you ever meet so many things, they don't have a care in the world. You know, in all reality, that's probably not true at all. Everyone has things they're worried about. That may, may be different than yours, but they definitely have worries. We need to remember how important it is to have trust and faith in God. We think about what it means to to live by faith. We want to consider again. We want to remember the Bible definition of faith. It's not something that's based upon blind leaps, but something based upon the evidence, as we saw back in Romans one and verse twenty. We live by faith because we trust in God. We live by faith because we obey God. Now, here's some questions for us to think about this evening. Can we live? by faith today. Can we live by faith today? You know, there are those today that say, you know, back in, in the times of the apostles, they didn't have all the problems we had today, we have today. I'll be honest, sometimes I hear people say that, I kind of laugh because I think, 
Do you have any idea what those people went through? We don't have any, they don't have problems like we had today. Are you crazy? They died for their faith. Died for their faith. Men, men and women were dragged behind horses because they refused to say that Christ is not the Son of God. They refused, so they died for it. People faced horrible situations because they were unwilling to, to denounce that Christ is the Son of God, unwilling to denounce their faith in God in general. You know, you go back and you look at history, there are those who leaders and kings and Caesars who would look upon and tell people to call them and look upon them as gods. They were literally to come and to fall down and to worship at their feet. You know, we think about that sometimes. We think about, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego and, and, and that image that was created by Nebuchadnezzar. We think, well, they didn't do that anywhere else in the Bible. They did it all the time. We still have people doing that today, don't we? They do that by asking us to do certain things and to give up our religious freedoms to follow after and obey the Word of God. You know, we talk about the pandemic. Let's be honest. There's, that problem has been, with faithfulness, has been long before the pandemic. It just brought out a lot of things for a lot of people. You ever hear the phrase, sometimes it's just below the surface and you have something that just brings it up? And really for a lot of people, that pandemic, if you want to call it that, just brought a lot of it up. But really, what was below the surface came to, came to the surface. And sometimes it was good, sometimes it was ugly. The question is today, can we live by faith today? God never asked us to do, to do things which we are incapable of doing. Yes, we can live by faith in God, and we should live by faith in God. Think about Galatians 2 and verse 20, one of the most well-known verses probably in all the Bible. The Apostle Paul if you remember, wrote most of his letters from prison. He says in verse 20 of Galatians 2, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. What does that mean? Is he talking about living by faith? Is he talking about living by faith? Absolutely. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Living by faith while living in persecution. You know, I think you heard me, those who were in class on Sunday morning, heard me say, you know, people talk about how they want to be like Paul. I think you better be careful what you're talking about. Because he would, you know, a day in the life of the Apostle Paul would crush most people. Because the sheer persecution, the concern he had for his brethren, there's a lot of people today who just, they don't have the capability, the mental capacity to be able to understand the things that Paul went through. You think about how many times Paul wrote to different congregations and he talked about how he wept for them. I don't think those are just words. Paul was deeply concerned about people and congregations because they're being, some are being led astray and going to hell, and it scared Paul to death to think about it. And he was moved to tears many times. I think more than just uh, once he uses that idea. Can we live by faith today? Absolutely. Notice carefully what the Apostle Paul says in verse 20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who live. No longer I who live. And who is he living by? But Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. He was living by faith. He says that old life, that old person, he says, was crucified with Christ. It's dead. He's gone. Saul, as we once knew him, is long gone. We're talking about here in Galatians 2 and verse 20. Does that mean he didn't deal with the consequences of his actions beforehand? Well, yes, he did all the time. He had to defend his apostleship. He had to deal with those who were afraid of him. You think about it, it took years before the apostles all accepted him because that's how afraid of him they were. Before his conversion, his genuine, concert, his, his genuine conversion, Saul was a very scary individual for the Christian. You want to be far away from him. But, but upon his conversion and after, he was a totally different person. That's why it says here in verse 20, that he, he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's a tremendous statement to make. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Living by faith in the Son of God. Everything he did, he did for God. He preached, he taught, he reached out to those who were in error, he was imprisoned. You know, the Apostle Paul at one point lists several things he endured. The ship, the shipwreck, the, 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 the strife he received, the number of times he was beaten, the number of times he was stoned, all those things. But yet, remember at the end of that section, he says, he says the phrase, but none of these things move me. You know what that means? They didn't scare him. It wasn't enough to prevent him to keep doing what needed to be done. Faithfulness to God comes with many blessings. We trust in God and we trust in Him because we trust in His benefits and the blessings of following Him. Ephesians chapter 1, looking at verse 3, says, Bless be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Realize that's the same person who just said he died with Christ. Back in Galatians 2, verse 20. Same person. And what's he talked about there in Ephesians? The blessings that come from being in Christ. A man who endured so much, he's talking about blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He tells us where those things are. They're in Christ. Paul was one who was an example for so many and for good reason. But friends, when we start saying things, well, I, want, I want to be like this person, I want to be like this person, we're talking about different Bible individuals, we better be sure what we're talking about. You know, I've never heard someone say, I want to be like Job, because Job went through the ringer. No one wants to volunteer for that, but the Apostle Paul did too. Peter did as well. All the apostles did. All the exception of this, many historians believe, all the exceptions of one died a martyr's death. This means all of them died because of their faith in God and their faith in Christ. They were literally killed because they were Christians. So when we say we want to be like this person and this person, we better be careful what we're talking about. 
because they were all trying to model their lives after Christ. Even Paul, one of the most well-known men of all the New Testament, says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, which means you only follow me as I follow Christ. Even he said was pointing people back to the source, and that was Christ. Paul was always pointing people to Christ. Ephesians 1, verse 3, whether the spiritual blessings are in Christ, what the, what the life that Paul now lives, he says there in verse 20, he lives by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, Christ. So can we live by faith today? Yes. Why is it important to live by faith and not by sight? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, where we walk by faith and not by sight, right? Why is it important to do that? Because sometimes we can fill our minds with ideas and concerns that will never even take place. We can worry about things that will never come to be. We can worry about things that are completely outside of our realm of control. We walk by faith. But we have to realize and remind ourselves constantly when we say we walk by faith, we want to realize that walking by faith means we trust that God will take care of everything. Not just the things that we think we can take care of, but the things that we think what are we going to do, God has those things in control. God is always going to make sure that His, His will is carried out. We walk by faith and not by sight. Living by sight is living like the world, isn't it? Living by sight is living like the world. Not having faith beyond what, what, what things you believe you can control. You know, sometimes you say, well, I have faith, but when it gets past things I think I can control, I don't have faith anymore. Now, we can't control the rising prices of everything that's going up and it's everything. Can we, as individuals, do anything about it? Not really, not today. Somewhere down the line, there may be certain things we can do to try to help correct those things, but as of today, can we literally do anything? No. We can do nothing today that will affect tomorrow and the prices of our food and gas. Does that keep us from putting our faith in God? Does that keep us from praying to God about those things? No. You know, sometimes we're not careful. We think some things are just too little. I don't need to pray about that. That's not true. You know, the best person, the best friend you have is a person who's willing to confide in you about anything and everything. Right? I mean, we want person, we, our best friends are those who will talk to us about anything under the sun. And our best friend, to use that terminology, should be God. He should be the one who we confide in about every single thing we may be concerned about. Not forgetting to give Him thanks for all the times He answers our prayers, and He always does. Living by sight is living like the world, not having faith beyond what things you believe you can control. Living by sight reveals man's lack of trust in God. Living by sight reveals man's lack of trust in God. You know, we think about what that means. How sad is it to think But sometimes people have lack of trust in us about certain things? It is very disturbing. We want people to have, be able to put their trust in us. Living by sight also reveals our lack of understanding God. Living by sight reveals our lack of understanding God. If we know who God is, 
Are we going to live by sight or are we going to live by faith? We should choose to live by faith. When we see what it means to walk by faith, we should be encouraged all the more to reject walking by sight. We think about all those who have gone before us and how they walked by faith. When Noah began to build the ark, the clouds had not gathered yet. Do you remember that? There were no storm clouds arising yet. He had faith that God was going to keep his promise, and that was that one day the clouds are going to gather, and it's going to rain, and it's going to rain, and it's going to rain. People are going to die. I better build the ark. I better listen to God. Those in Sodom and Gomorrah, they didn't see the hail falling until it was too late. They were looking up to God. They were looking to themselves. When we see what it means to walk by faith, we should be encouraged to, to more to reject walking by sight. Walking by sight is another way to walk with worry. When we refuse to walk by faith, we're saying, God, I don't think you can handle this. I think that to me that's one of the scariest things we could possibly project is the idea that we think God can't handle something. We may, we may say, well, that's not really what I mean, but our actions can reveal that. The creator of all things can't handle our problems? Really? Yeah, he can. You think about Noah living during the time of the flood. One of his problems had to be those around him and their wickedness. Did God know how to handle them? Yeah. Did God know how to handle all those wicked people around Lot? Yes. Did God know how to handle all those wicked people around Daniel, around Joseph? Yes. We don't want to make, we want to make sure we walk by faith and not by sight because we do not want to project the idea that God cannot handle our problems. Walking by faith means we can rest in the comfort because of Him to whom we have committed everything. We can walk in, walking by faith means we can rest in comfort because of Him to whom we have committed everything. When we put our we can fully understand what it means to have our trust and our faith in God, we should be able to rest easy. Think about this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. Notice the word of the Apostle Paul. He says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Faith in God. Paul somehow, he had given to God everything. His eternal soul was in the hands of God. His entire being. And what does he say there in verse 12? For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he, that is God, is able to keep what I have committed to him, that is everything, until that day. He had his faith his trust in God. And he knew, and we can today as well, that God will take care of us. We want to make sure that we are those who walk and live by faith. We think about those around us today, and sometimes it becomes so very clear they live or they walk by sight, right? And that's an easy thing to do. Because it's a natural thing to do. It's a natural thing to do, to worry, to be concerned. But more importantly, we have to realize when we walk by sight, 
We're not putting our trust and our faith in God. Beyond the things of this life, beyond the aspect of the physical, do we have our faith in God, or are we hoping that day never actually comes? No matter what we think, the judgment day is coming. We don't know when, but it's going to be here one day. When that day comes, we're all going to stand before Christ. And do we want Him to find us as those who have been living and walking according to our sight or according to our faith in Him, having trusted Him, having obeyed Him all along the way? Let us be those who are walking by faith and not by sight. This evening, as you think about these things, we can help you or encourage you in any way. We'd love to do so. That's going to be saying, sing the song that's been selected.